0: The Green Bay Health Project Podcast is sponsored by Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, where we help the athletes and active adults move better, perform better, stay pain-free, and in the sports and activities that they love. We do this by focusing on their movements and optimizing their mobility and strength. We believe that your body is your greatest tool, and when you take care of it, you can move better, you feel better, and you thrive. So head to movement-rehab.com. That's mvmt-rehab.com to learn how we can help you stay active and pain-free. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Green Bay Health Project podcast. And today I am joined by Nick Patrick, who holds certifications in CrossFit Level 2 trainer, CrossFit Movement and Mobility, CrossFit Gymnastics. He's a movement aficionado. And I'm excited to uh, have a conversation with them. So, Nick, thanks for uh, taking some time out and talking today. Hey, what's up, Trevor? Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I'm going to throw you on the hot seat uh, right away. Could Rose have fit Jack on the board in the water? Undeniably, (laughs) unequivocally, the answer is
1: 1,000% yes. It's the most selfish move in the history of mankind uh completely devastating um yeah totally
0: yeah i completely agree with you weren't expecting that one um <laughs> that's a, that's a good way to kick it off no i completely agree anyways let's uh get into your background because i know it's uh you kind of did some things before you kind of found uh the gym well not found the gym but of what you're doing now uh, and what your role is so i think it'll be interesting to hear the background and kind of how you came to be um the head coach and director of training at true north
1: yeah for sure so i guess a long story short um my whole life i've identified myself as an athlete i played sports my whole life um i was always in a season or preparing for a season And although I didn't have any aspirations of going pro in anything, I wasn't, you know, a world-class athlete, I still viewed myself very much as an athlete. Um, I really enjoyed the process of trying to get better for a particular sport or or season that was coming up. Um, I was fortunate enough to play five years of college basketball. And when my last season ended, it was, man, it was a hard stop. Um, suddenly I found myself um, without a a big sense of purpose, I guess you could say. I wasn't preparing for a season. My athletic career was, quote, unquote, over. Um, So I was really just kind of wavering. When my best friend introduced me to this thing called CrossFit, Um, up until then (laughs) I was in the gym, you know, doing buys and tries and stuff like that. And he said, try this workout with me. And I looked at it on paper and I said, Oh, uh, well that's cool. What are we going to do after? And he just kind of looked at (laughs) me and gave me a little smirk and we hit the workout and, you know, eight, nine minutes later, I'm flat on my back looking up at the lights. Like what just happened? (laughs) Toasted. toasted, Smoked. (laughs) And I was hooked. Um, I hadn't pushed myself like that in months. Um, and I was completely hooked um, so at that time post-college I was working at a local college in my hometown um, I had an office job and then I also coached basketball and I absolutely loved coaching basketball you know I was just coming off my final season um, so I still had a lot of knowledge fresh in my mind um, but the thing that I didn't love was the desk the desk job part of it um, you know, while I worked with, you know, really cool people, um, great people, um, I, I just felt like, a, a, you know, like I was in a cage all day, um, not really fulfilling and using my skill set to the best of my abilities. And it just felt like I was not wasting a life, but wasting a lot of potential. So I sat down I said, you know, what am I passionate about? Okay, I, I like coaching. I like hard work. Um, how can i make this my everyday life so then i started to look into how do coaches get into crossfit um you know you have to get your start out with your level one certification so i researched you know how do i do that i went and i did that um and then i made the choice to quit my job um it wasn't easy um i'm not sure my parents were super excited about it Um, but they understood that i wasn't happy and i needed to take a chance Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so what i did was i started emailing places telling my story much like i just told you Um, and i got a response from a gym in green bay i came down here and visited and pretty much just dove in head first the first few years were sort of rocky um, for for many reasons, but ultimately, uh, I'm fortunate enough where I made it through the worst. I tried to keep learning and I, you know, looking back, I'm not exactly sure how I got here today. Um, <laughs> it took a lot of help from a lot of
0: people, um, but here we are. For sure, that's, that's awesome and I'm like, you, you touched on a few different things that I think are pretty interesting. Like a lot of people when they compete for majority of their childhood into the teens. And then if they're lucky enough to play in college, you know, at some point that comes to an end and a lot of people I think drop off at that point because they can't, they don't, they don't know where to turn or how to get back into that competitive atmosphere. And I think a lot of people identify like that. Or identify towards competitive sports and when that's over they they don't know where to turn so the fact that I mean your buddy turned you on to CrossFit and now it's led you all the way here I think is is huge a lot of people are searching for that kind of stuff you know
1: yeah I mean looking back it really saved me you know I was still I was still in my early 20s and I was at an age where I could have kind of a fork in the road. You know, I could have turned to the unhealthy lifestyle, you know, just sit at the desk, um, you know, bars on the weekends and and all that. Um, Luckily I was introduced to a different path. Um, And like I said, ultimately I'm just, I'm really lucky that I'm here. So. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know, we could talk about our love for the Michigan Wolverines. (laughs) and our frustrations too many frustrations (laughs) way too many um anyways so you're at you're at true north now and i mean i know that you preach movement mobility and i mean quality of movements a lot of people think you know just throw some weight around it doesn't matter how you beat up your body so what I really want to ask you is how you came to found that and, and what you are, how you kind of direct your members and your clients that you work with to pick up some of that or the importance of just taking care of your body moving well, like movement quality over, you know, poor lifting patterns and mechanics. Like how, how'd you get into all of that? And then how do you work with your members on that stuff?
1: Yeah, so the way that I got into it was basically break, sprain, and strain everything on my own body, <laughs> and then figure out how to come back from that, but also d- diving deeper into why that happened in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've had a couple surgeries uh, in my past, a couple of significant injuries, um, and I would sit down and I'd say, okay, this happened, but... Why did it happen, and how can I prevent that from happening again? So just learning about my own injuries kind of sent me down into a rabbit hole of of learning and developing, and then I would take what I learned and then try my best to prevent it from happening to our members or people that I train. Um, what I through all of my you know research, it's it's rarely the catastrophic event that sends people into injury, it's, it's usually a series of events that lead you to the last stage where, okay, pop, it finally mm-hmm. it finally went. Um, sure. An example that I really like and I think about daily is if you have two airplanes taking off from say New York and they're headed towards the, the West Coast, if those planes each are dialed just a half a degree in the opposite directions, by the time those planes get to the West Coast, one would be in Northern California and one would be in Southern California. It wasn't, it wasn't a huge navigational error. It was, say, half a degree. But over the course of thousands of miles, it led those planes in very different directions. And I feel that's how the body works, where if you give your body just very small doses, little drips, of improper movements or compensations by the time the plane reaches the west coast or by the, by the time your body has had enough, it reaches a point where it just can't take it. And that's why I feel really strongly about preaching to our members the importance of proper movement and mechanics because mm-hmm. it really is everything, especially when you're adding in factors like speed, um, weight, um, those are all variables that, especially at True North, we feel like you have to earn and your body needs to be ready to accept that or else it's just a matter of time before you start feeling symptoms of, hey, something's not right.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, piggybacking off of that, it's, you know, I've, I view things like there's, there's three different steps, right? You, you're doing a workout, you feel, just say, I don't know, you're, you're feeling something in your shoulders. You're kind of like ah that that hurt a little bit but i'm gonna shake it off and we'll see what happens it it probably feels good the next day but a couple weeks go by you do something else you're like oh man that still it's still bothering me with this specific movement or this lift but i'm just gonna keep pushing through and then it starts to linger and last for a few days you know a couple weeks but you still keep pushing you still keep pushing and at at some point that's when the injury really hits you you know and then and then you're out i mean if you wait that long without taking care of it you're out and that all those prior steps where your body trying to tell you like hey something's off you're not doing something right or we need to improve our mobility or some of these movements but you just ignore it you ignore it and then eventually you're screwed because (laughs) then you're out and you're dealing with this thing that could have either been prevented or it could have been attacked much earlier during the entire process or phase, and been taken care of to where you wouldn't even have to deal with it at that point. Hundred you know? percent. And
1: you know, I I hear a lot. Uh, you know, about a lot of different movements, but I think what I've heard it the most is I hurt my back deadlifting, and yeah. I always and I always hear that statement, and my eye starts to twitch a little bit, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to sympathize with the person who's in back pain at the moment and but inside my head i'm like did you you know it's it's rarely that one specific rep that finally caused your back to tweak it's it's many factors you know i haven't been sleeping well i haven't been hydrating well i haven't properly warmed up or cooled down i haven't done my mobility um my hip has been tight and i know it's been tight but i've just ignored all of the signs and signals um You know, I've sat for eight hours and then I went to the gym trying to be athletic, pulling a deadlift and pop, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the signs are usually there. We just have to know what we're looking for uh, ahead of time.
0: For sure. And that poor deadlift, man, it got, it has such a bad rep. (laughs) Like people are told not to do it when really it's one of the best things. I mean, in my opinion, and I'm sure you agree that you can do for your back. I mean, in terms of health and strength and just full body function that that lift it it does it all. And it just people avoid it because they think they hurt their back doing it. When, like you said, there was likely a bunch of other stuff going on and the deadlift, it just happened to you felt it more while you were deadlifting. So you attribute it to that deadlift.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could the same, the same type of injury could just as well happen at the grocery store bending over for the at the bottom shelf
0: right and people i don't think people realize how often they're doing these movement patterns throughout the day you know i think of the a squat people are picking stuff up off the ground i mean that's a deadlift and it's a squat and they're doing this and that they're picking up stuff outside picking up their kids doing anything but it's all the patterns and if you do a pattern wrong thousands of times per day how can you attribute it to one specific instance during a 45-minute workout you know what I mean
1: yeah I mean those are those are hundreds and hundreds of repetitions that if done correctly throughout the day really set you up for success but if they're done incorrectly you know those are basically hours and hours more of training in the wrong fashion Um, and that's i mean those those are the reps that equate to the half a degree that the airplane is traveling towards the west coast you know um, we don't notice it in real time that we're we're bending over instead of hinging until we can't bend over anymore because we're we have a hard stop because of injury
0: for sure absolutely i mean that's I like that airplane scenario. I have never, I had never heard that analogy, but that it, it's spot on. So when, when you have new members, um, I know that you guys put them through a uh, kind of uh, a training, I guess you could say. And I think that's really unique and it's really important, but can you talk about the kind of things that you look for when you're working with them one-on-one and um, some of the movement, I guess, inefficient patterns that you'll see and how, I mean, in your opinion, what you can do to correct it or what, your, what even your um, way of improving your mobility and movement patterns, what's your routine and all of that?
1: Yeah, so we go through a, we call it a prep course at True North Performance where athletes will come in and I'll teach them all the foundational movements that they would see in a traditional workout that we go about. And as I'm teaching those movements, I really start to study the athlete and watch how they move and the value of that is it's just enormous where we can make changes in real time to their movement and get them moving properly right from the start and i like i really like our approach is because we empower the athlete we give them the why hey i'm going to have you adjust this in your squat and this is why whereas you know if we just tell people if we just give people commands like do this do this You know they might not care you know they're they're looking for a workout um they're not trying to be perfect but if we can give them the whys behind why we're asking them to do what we're asking them to do um it's just it's very beneficial for them as an athlete gaining awareness of for example where their body is in space like Mm -hmm. i'm at the bottom of my squat okay i should feel my knees pushed out oh now i can start to connect that feeling to my brain um and before you know just with a few reps they've adapted and they're already starting to move better Um, Mm -hmm. the other thing is we while watching them move we can start to identify some mobility restrictions they may have and then again empower them with certain mobilizations you know soft tissue work um, some banded joint mobilizations to clear up some restrictions and again after we have them do that for one two minutes they can feel in real time like wow i can stand up straight and my hip isn't super tight um Mm -hmm. and then you have them if you can if we we can get athletes to feel what it feels like to feel better the sky is the limit um Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of people just go through the day not even realizing that they're maybe operating or feeling only like 70 percent as good as they could and what we do is we show them hey this is what like 90 95 feels like you could live here and this is this is what you'll do to get there
0: hmm. i think a lot i think a lot of people are shocked at how far minor tweaks or corrections can go in regards to their health and how well they move um they i think a lot of for some reason people think it's this huge process or undertaking and they don't realize how badly the body wants to move well and how quickly it'll adapt with certain cues and just basically what you feed it so like you were saying those those one-on-one things are just they're invaluable and the cues that you're able to give them in real time and then they can feel that turnaround within usually a minute or two is huge
1: yeah one of the best quotes i ever heard was the body is an adaptation machine and it, it's 100 percent true you know you think about you know you're, you're driving on a road trip you're sitting in the car for two or three hours you stop at the gas station you get out of the car and the the noises you make are just like oh oh man <laughs> it takes you like six seconds to stand up you know, into the parking lot, your hips have already adapted to a shortened position just in two hours.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: and that's that's a great example of your body as an adaptation machine. Um, and when it comes to mobility, certain mobilizations that we do with our athletes literally take one to two minutes, and the body will already adapt just over the course of 60 to 120 seconds. It's it's truly amazing. Um, the body is, from the day you're born until your very last day, it is always trying to adapt and heal. You just have to give
0: it the correct input. For sure, it it wants that environment. It wants, it wants to take care of you, but you have to basically take care of it at the same time. I mean, unless you're taking care of your body, you, you can't ask it to take care of you without you taking care of it it's a it's basically a partnership I mean if if you really think about it what what you feed it it's going to take so whether you're feeding it crap and you're moving poorly you're eating bad you're sleeping like shit uh, it's going to basically say okay well you're not treating me well so you're gonna deal with these aches and pains but on on the other side of it if you're doing these mobility drills you're eating good you you know getting good sleep it's gonna respond and it's gonna be respond very quickly
1: yeah, I think a lot of people feel like the task to feeling better is, is a really daunting one. And like you just said, it's, it's not that daunting if you just eat the elephant. And how do you eat the elephant? One bite at a time. Um, you don't have to perfect everything at once. I, I always say pick one thing, get pretty good at it, address one issue, and then move on to the next that's that's a sustainable plan that will set you up for success rather than compiling a list of hey these are the 20 things that i need to fix and i'm just going to tackle them all if you try to do all of them you'll likely do none of them and you'll be burnt out and
0: that'll be it for sure and that's i think that's the biggest issue or you know people want to start and they start but as fast as it took them to start it usually takes they usually quit just as fast because they start to think, Oh, I'm moving bad. Um, I can't, I can't perform like everybody else is during the workouts and I have to eat. Well, I have to sleep. I need to do this and that. And it's, it's just too much. So the fact that you break it down and you say, Hey, why don't you work on your squat for the next few weeks? You know, let's, let's open up the hips. Let's get you moving a little bit better and let's perfect the squat. And then all of a sudden they build some confidence. And then they start they start feeling better, first of all, which then gives them confidence. And then they go into the gym, they're performing a little better. They're seeing some changes usually in the weight and just the way they feel. And then it's just a a domino effect. They it just one thing builds off of the next. And, you know, I'm sure you see that all the time with with the people you work with. Yeah,
1: it really happens fairly quickly. And me personally, I always start with mobility, because if if the body is physically unable to get into a certain position, there's not a cue that I can use as a coach that's gonna get you into that position. It'd be like asking me to go outside and you know run the 100 meter sprint in nine seconds. I physically can't do that. No matter what you tell me to do, what technique you give me, I can't do it. But once we open up those mobility restrictions, then we have more movement options Uh, we can increase loading we can increase speed your performance will be better better performance equals better results um Mm -hmm. but that's really that that is a barrier to entry um you know one of the things coaching crossfit as as a fitness uh, methodology is people see like the for example the butterfly pull-up um it's the kind of crossfit created this this pull-up where you use Your body has momentum and you can rep out more pull-ups quicker Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that's the shining star that's what everybody wants to do but to do that you have to have full range of motion through the shoulder you have to have stability through the shoulder strength through the shoulder if you don't have the requisite mobility to get there it's not a question of if but when you're going to hurt your shoulder so that's why mobility is is always step
0: one um for us at least yeah so what kind of so we'll just keep going off of that example um you have somebody that can't necessarily do it you pick some things out which is we'll we'll get to it but it's probably the biggest benefit of working with a coach but when you see that what would for example be some some work that you would say, hey, let's try this and that in regards to mobility, you know, some banded mobs. Uh, what what does that look like? And, and how do the members usually respond to that stuff? So
1: it's it's not I th- going back to, it, I think a lot of people think that their mobility restrictions are just this big daunting task. But once they're introduced to the, the few steps that it takes to open up restrictions, they're like, wow, that's all I have to do is you know, two minutes of a banded joint mobilization, or mm-hmm. you know, I I put a lacrosse ball on the back of my shoulder, move my hand back and forth for two minutes. Um, that's all it takes. And I say, Yeah, that's all it takes. Um, treat mobilizations like you do brushing your teeth. You wake up in the morning and it's just something you do. Just make it a part of your day, and it's not this big daunting task. Um, so we like to we like to incorporate lacrosse balls for soft tissue work. Uh, We love bands for joint mobilizations. And we like that because after just a two minute dose, again, people in real time can put both arms over their head. The arm they mobilized goes straight up in the air, you know, and their other arm is bent out to the side, stuck in one position. Um, So those are some of the, that's some of the mobility work we do. You know, we like to work with foam rollers and. Um, I think having a coach walk the athletes through those mobilizations is key because when I drop in at other gyms, you know, I'll see people grab a foam roller, run it up and down their back for 10 seconds and be like, oh, okay, well, I'm good. <laughs> and I'm kind of looking out the corner of my eye like, you did next to nothing, <laughs> like you accomplished. <laughs> um, so I, I think a lot of the times people don't exactly know how to do the mobilizations or what the most effective way to use a foam roller might be or a lacrosse ball so having a coach there to show them hey this is the way that's huge Mm
0: -hmm. yeah there's there's definitely a right and wrong way to do all of that stuff and if you're not doing it correctly you, you may as well not be doing it at all and that's where that that coaching really comes into play because you can educate you can show. And then like you said, it does, it's not this huge, daunting task. It literally, you can see changes. If you're consistent with it, doing five to 10 minutes every day, it's really all that it takes. And I think people again, get overwhelmed with some things when, if they just take a step back and be like, start in small increments, but it's consistency. I mean, the consistency is where it's at. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you,
1: you, you, you hit it on the, the, the head, head right there. The word is consistency. What you do more times than not, that's who you are, right? Mm-hmm. So if you just make, if you just adopt the habit of, hey, you know, this is what I do before I work out, I dedicate five to 10 minutes for mobility. That's just what I do. Then it just becomes a part of who you are.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. So what's a, uh, let's let's get some examples. What's a typical mobility warm-up thing look like for you what's a routine that that you found to work on any given day like what do you have any like three four or five drills you do mobility stuff you do daily or is it switched every day or what what's the typical routine for nick
1: yeah so i always start out with blood flow um way back when i can't remember where i read it but the, the statistic kind of jumped out and was pretty alarming to me that, you know, at rest, 80% of your body's blood is stored within the organs and only 20% is flowing throughout the muscles. So warming up is just elevating your core temperature, you know, five minutes of biking, jogging, jumping rope, whatever, just warming your body a little bit pushes all that blood out of the organs and into the muscle. And that's always step one. Um, Step two is usually looking at you know, what am I about to do for exercise that day and making sure my body can get into those positions without weight. Um, Mm -hmm. So for example, if I'm going to do any type of overhead pressing, I need to make sure that I can lift my arms over my head and get my biceps by my ears. And if I'm a little bit short, okay, let's grab a band. Let's start to work on the shoulders a little bit just to get that range of motion. Um, If I'm going to, do, if I'm going to be squatting that day, I need to make sure that I can sit comfortably into the bottom of the squat before I grab a barbell or do any type of warm-up sets. So I might do a, a, a quick hip spin up with a band. Um, if I'm feeling you know, tight in one area, I could grab a lacrosse ball and do some quick soft tissue work. Again, just one to two minutes. That's all it takes. Um, and then from there, I do. I like to do a lot of warm-up sets with an empty barbell or just with body weight just to really Mm -hmm. prime prime the body grease the grooves to get ready for what i'm about to, to to hit so it's it's blood flow it's make sure i can get into the positions and then i would say i would call it skill work where i'm doing empty bar work or body weight work just prepping the body to move the way i need it to move
0: nice you you kind of touched on something else i I wanted to ask you about or bring up so a lot of olympic lifting and crossfit style stuff ends in some type of squat you know what and there's a certain time frame that people a lot of people are spending time seated in a seated position all day driving working doing this or that it's seated and a lot of times like you were saying things are tight you're not moving around so the joints aren't kind of flowing how could somebody improve their their squat? I mean, is it just sitting in a squat for x amount of minutes per day? Would that be would they get improvement with that? Or what would you recommend if they just simply wanted to improve their squat technique?
1: When it comes to squatting, um, I Kelly Starrett is kind of world renowned. Um, you know, it's okay to stand on the shoulders of giants, right? Um, mm-hmm. he, he always talks about mobilizing the positions that you want to be good at, right? So if I want to be good at a squat, I need to spend time squatting, right? So if you think about a traditional day in the gym, you really only spend a few seconds in the bottom of your squat. You know, it's down and then it's quickly up. Um, So if you want to get a better looking squat, we need to do things that look like the bottom position of a squat, whether that's, um, sitting in the bottom of a squat watching tv for five to ten minutes daily uh, letting the hips open up Um, i'm a big fan of banded joint mobilizations so we call it kind of the spider-man position where we have a lateral band hip distraction and it looks like a single leg squat and then we spend two minutes there just working to different end ranges just those two minute doses in a position that you're trying to improve, mm-hmm. get you where you want to go very quickly. Again, your body your body wants to be better. You just have to give it the input to do so.
0: Yeah, and I mean, sitting in that squat for five to 10 minutes, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be consistent, like straight five to 10 minutes because people are going to hear that and be like, wow, I, there's no way. It's increments. Again, everything goes back to increments and just being consistent with it But each time, challenge yourself a little more to spend maybe just another extra 10 seconds than you did the day before. And once you're able to get in that squat, you're going to be like, oh, hey, my ankle's a little restricted, or my hips a little bit more restricted today than it was yesterday. And then you spend time in the squat, and then you follow that up with some of those specific band and mobs that you were talking about, or even some soft tissue work with um, lacrosse smashing and doing all of that stuff. And within a week or two, you'll be in the bottom of a squat much longer than you were just 14 days ago. You know, it's quick. Yeah,
1: and I think you hit on something really important too. Is a lot of these mobiliz- mobilizations just start to really empower the athlete to have a an understanding of what their body is is telling them. So if you're spending, you know, if you aspire to sit in the bottom of the squat for five minutes, your body is going to tell you quickly where you're tight. Um, mm-hmm like, hey, we're down in this rock bottom squat, I don't like what I'm feeling in my, say for example, right lower back, my right hip is super tight. Well, now you have something that you can specifically target to clean up. Um, you know, or for, you know, you're in the bottom of that squat and your back is getting tight. Okay, I need a little bit more safe mid back mobility. Right. Um a lot of these mobilizations are great diagnostics to to give you a look under the hood of what exactly is going on
0: for sure. And that's, that's it exactly is it's almost the, the movement becomes the test and then you go from there. That's, I mean, we use that. I know you guys use that because there are so many different things that ways that you can move to feel things in different areas. Like if you're in the bottom of the squat, and you're thinking then you try to lift your arms overhead you know your shoulders might move well but you're like oh man my my t-spine my mid-back is a little tight today i need to go work on that i mean people need to realize the entire body is intertwined it's all connected you can't work on one area without addressing another or you might be having some issue in your shoulder but if you sit down in a squat or you sit down in a specific movement you're gonna realize well the pain's in the shoulder but it's actually this restriction in say i don't know if, if it's your right shoulder say it's your left hip that's causing the problem you know it, you start to identify some of those factors by using the movement as your diagnostics
1: absolutely i you, you nailed it i i view the the gym as a as a laboratory um, it's it's a place where we can solve problems we can see problems before they even start just by watching people and how they move, um, it's movement is really the, the best way to predict what's going to happen in the future. And the thing that I like to to stress, and the thing that I see the most is, a lot of people don't care. Which is this sounds crazy. They, they don't care about mobility in terms of injury prevention, right? Prevention is not sexy. Um, you know, it's like insurance. We have it, but we have it, but we don't <laughs> right. like it. But we really like it when we need it, right? Mm -hmm. So I like to explain to athletes that, okay, instead of trying to convince you that this is important for injury prevention, how about performance? That's something that everybody likes, right? We like killing it in the gym. We like the results that come with it, and we like feeling good. So if you just do A, B, and C for two minutes a day, Boom. Your performance is gonna skyrocket, your results are gonna be fantastic, and you're gonna feel good, that's something that they're gonna care
0: about. Yeah, and when they start to see those changes, and that's that's where it really comes into play, is they start to see those changes then and then they're completely bought in, you know. It's it's pretty fun to see that kind of transformation where they're a little hesitant at first. We're like, eh, how is that how is it really that easy? Or how is it really that only that amount of time? And then they do it, and they do it day in and day out, and they come back to the gym. And they're like, "Oh wow, this is actually working!" <laughs> like, yeah, like well, you, you're some miracle worker. <laughs> exactly.
1: It's the, you know, through all my experiences, the the work is actually the easy part. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's the untangling or sticking to the process. That's the hard part. And what I would say to that is, seek someone. Who knows what they're looking for so for example me um, it's very important for me to work with physical therapists because a lot of the problems that a that I encounter as you know I still would call myself an athlete even though I'm not competitive in anything um, those are movement problems and movement problems require movement specialists right you know I don't I don't go get my hair cut at the same place that changes the oil in my truck. Um, mm-hmm. So always seek out someone who a knows movement and knows how to fix movement imbalances or movement problems. Um, that's something that's, that's mission critical.
0: Yeah, and co- I mean coaches need coaches. You know, everybody needs an eye on them and the coaches are looking out for their members and they're getting that one on one time, but coaches need somebody looking at their back too, because, you know, you can start doing something that you're not even aware about and somebody else, a different set of eyes is going to pick up on it and be like, Hey man, did you like know this was happening or did you know this was kind of going on? And let's, let's start working on it so it doesn't become a bigger issue. It's everything it's
1: throughout this whole COVID-19 pandemic. You know we've all kind of been secluded a little bit so i have a little a setup in my garage so i've been training primarily by myself in my garage left to my own demise and while i am a coach and not necessarily have been doing things that were irresponsible again it's those little micro traumas mm-hmm. that send the plane to northern california instead of southern california and over the course of many months just a very possibly subtle movement faults certain things have popped up for myself because i'm not training with a coach that's watching my technique and that's why having a coach um having a good coach i should say Mm -hmm. is is very important um it's it's alarming to me you know we have members that start at the gym and i'll assess their air squat and i'm like oh wow like some stuff going on there and I explained to them like, hey, this is what we're gonna do and here's why we're going to do it. And they're gonna say, wow, nobody's ever told me that before. And then I say, mm-hmm. how many years were you at that other gym? And they're like, well, right. you know, four. And I'm like, over the course of four years, nobody's addressed like how to squat properly. Like um, it's, it's alarming, but you'd be surprised at how many times that same story gets told. Um, so every, I, I feel everyone should have a coach and coaches should also have coaches.
0: For sure. I, I completely agree with that. It's, it's incredibly valuable to have another set of eyes looking at you. I mean, I was in by you guys and I was doing a, uh, this was a few months ago, I think, but I mean, just a single leg dumbbell RDL. And Kelly was like, hey Trevor, you're twisting at the hip a little bit. Like you're opening up a little more rather than being straight out. And I was like, huh. I didn't even realize that, and sure enough, you know, I looked at it a little bit later on in the night, and I was like, oh man, no no wonder I was doing that. My hips are super locked up, and you know, I, it was something I sh- probably should have felt, but I didn't, because it was it was pretty minor, but having that set of eyes looking at me, looking specifically for how I was moving during my workout, she probably caught that where, you know, had had she not, I might have kept doing that, and ended up with some with some kind of back issue, likely. Totally,
1: and you know, I'll use Kelly as an example um, because of our similar schedules. Kelly and I pre COVID nineteen would work out a lot together, and God bless her. She, <laughs> I asked her, you know, hold me accountable, and you know, she would tell me like, Hey, you're doing this, and you know, the competitor in me would get angry and be like, Yeah, right, no, I'm not. Right. Well, then she'll shoot a video and show me, Yeah, you are doing this, and it's, mm-hmm. I can't think of. I mean countless tweaks sprains whatever she saved me from just from telling me hey this is what you're doing um, you could probably clean that up right now and it's mm-hmm. just incredibly valuable
0: yeah and, and you know sorry go ahead no, no go ahead I was just gonna say you know taking video also is a super easy way that you can identify some things like if, if you're not feeling confident in some or If somebody's ever being like hey I think this is going on and they try to refute it or or battle it just take a video take a quick video from the back side and front and there's no more proof than that because the video won't lie and it actually shows quite a bit so if you don't have that second set of eyes like if if you're like man I'm working out by myself I can't tell set up a phone set set something up take it take a video shot slow it down watch it back a few times and see how you're moving and then If it's not well reach out to somebody that specializes in in that movement stuff
1: yeah the the video certainly doesn't lie I mean I've been in situations before where you know I get it you know I'm coaching a class and there's a there's an athlete that's working extremely hard um, and I give them a a movement correction and they look at me like like I'm crazy like no I'm not doing that Mm -hmm. and I always say who could you trust more the coach who has a resting heart rate the athlete you know who's maybe upside down doing handstand push-ups with the heart rate at 160. (laughs) who's who's probably you know seeing things more clearly um Mm -hmm. so you know again always always trust the coach and, and seek a good coach
0: that's that's the biggest part is seek a good coach find somebody that you can relate to and somebody that that truly has your uh your best interests in mind and just wants to help. I mean, I understand you're in the heat of the workout, heat heat of whatever your competitive activity you're doing. You don't want to be told that, hey, you're doing this a little wrong. Let's make this slight adjustment. But it's important to note that, like you just said, the coach, they're at rest. They're not competing. They're not heavy into a workout. They can pick up on some things that you cannot always feel. And that is incredibly important. For, for people to understand that, it's, that you're just looking out for the for the good of their health in, in the long run. Like that's all all that it comes down to.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what it is. I mean, if I'm if I'm coaching a 60-minute class and I don't give each person one or two cues, I'm not I'm not doing my job because mm-hmm. nobody goes through a 60-minute class and does every single repetition perfectly. So for me as as a coach to to do to basically provide the service that i'm supposed to provide i do need to give feedback whether it's you know if they want to hear it or not it's all designed to to help help them move better keep them safe um there's you know i'm not trying to tear anybody down um it's all in the name of movement and, and helping people i mean that's at the at the end of the day um we're just trying to get fit you know we're not trying to win the crossfit games we're just trying to to move the needle just a little bit more forward than it was before
0: that's awesome that i think that's a that's awesome there's no need to say (laughs) anything else let's get into the uh the questions then because honestly that was a perfect ending to this um so what's one of your favorite health related books I, I know you got to pick one, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> Even though you're not much of a reader, right? Front yeah, to back, man, at least, it's cover to cover. I've
1: only read like four books in my whole life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, well, I'd say, although we're asking for one, I would kind of separate this. I have I have two, um, but both, okay. both are related to mindset and, and the power of the mind. Um, when I was in college, um, probably the only book that I actually read in college. was called mind gym and it's by gary mack and it's basically the athlete's guide um to inner excellence i would say um he talks a lot about the power of the mind and the words that you use can increase your performance or your just general outlook on the day or completely blunt it um -hmm. i was a basketball player and first four years of college you know had fun you know solid um going into my final year i read the book and the example that he uses is when you go say to take a shot if your mind thinks don't miss the only thing that your mind is actually going to pick up is miss right Mm. um so me personally i was like okay how can i how can i just tweak how my mind thinks so as as i'm elevating to take my next shot i started to think in 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 or money and Mm -hmm. my three-point percentage skyrocketed and i was amazed and it wasn't these big technical changes it wasn't i was putting more time in the gym it was my mind Mm -hmm. Um, so that was a very athlete specific sports specific book that i thought was incredible um and then post-college, um, there's a book called Chasing Excellence by Ben Bergeron, who, uh, you know, it's a CrossFit coach, world-renowned. In um, his book, again, talks a lot about mindset and the power of the mind. And he has some examples of how this can kind of help you in competition, but also in life. Um, you know, if you wake up in the morning and your first thought is doom and gloom, your whole day is probably going to be doom and gloom or some degree Mm -hmm. of it. Whereas if you wake up in the morning and you say, "Well, all right, I'm I'm going to give this day everything that I have. um, You'd be surprised at how well your days could go, how well your workouts could go, um, whether you're feeling good, bad, or otherwise. Um, It doesn't matter, especially on the days where you don't feel that good, give what you got. And that's one of my one of my favorite sayings is, you know, I'm a little bit tired. I didn't sleep well. OK, I need to accept that I'm, I might not function at 100 percent, but I have 80 percent to give. And that's what I'm going to give, whether it's during a workout, whether it's at work or with relationships. Um, give what you got and you'd be surprised at how that little mindset tweak can really brighten up your day
0: everything always comes back to the mind. I I read something at one point where it was you know, a lot of people do things based off of how they feel and feelings and emotion and your emotions are going to, that's a roller coaster throughout the day. So if you pick what activity or what you're going to do based on how you feel at any given time of the day, you're likely not going to get anything done. It's, you can't ride that wave. It's just do it anyways or do it in spite of how you feel because usually especially in regards to work workouts and i mean things you enjoy doing you're gonna walk away feeling much better than you did the hour before you you even started it, it's it's incredible
1: yeah absolutely i you know i don't want to sound like a the impersonal dead-eyed person but you know i find myself throughout the day telling myself the feelings don't matter mm-hmm. like what you're feeling right now does not matter because ultimately you always have two choices. You can stop or you can keep going. Whether it's during a difficult workout, um, a difficult time in your life, you always have the same two choices stop or continue. Um, but just not letting the feelings mm-hmm. take over what you're doing is so huge. I know. We're both fans of Jocko Willink. And mm-hmm. his thing is he always tells himself good. You know, if he's really struggling through something and his mind is telling him, stop, stop, stop. All he says is, Good. You know, this is another <laughs> this is another opportunity to fight, to get better. This is right where you wanna be. I mean, he always mm-hmm. has a choice of quitting or put your head down, keep going, because that feeling isn't gonna get you where you wanna go most likely.
0: Yeah, that's great. Listen, if, if, if you haven't watched the YouTube video of Jocko's Good, highly recommend, highly recommend. Um, so what's your favorite health-related related activity to do in uh, Green Bay? Yeah, so when it's not
1: 50 below zero, um, <laughs> I really enjoy going to Meadowbrook Park and Howard. Um, hmm. Depending on the day and what I'm looking to achieve, um, the, that particular park has a lot of options. If it's a day where you know, I just wanna get out and walk for an hour, clear my head, move some blood, put on a podcast. It's got a ton of really good walking routes. Um, the scenery is really cool. There's a couple creeks that go through there in a little wooded area. Um, if it's a day where I'm kinda of looking to get after it, they have a hill um, and it's amazing how much you can do with the hill. Um, I think one of the things that I learned throughout COVID is not having access to certain places that I would always have access to or certain equipment is, man, you can get by and you can do a lot with a little. Um, mm-hmm. so there's a really cool hill there. There's, um, there's a playground that you can also incorporate awesome workouts. Um, so it's very, it's really versatile. Um, it's a really versatile place. I like being outside especially in the summer Um, and it's just it's a good place just to go and clear the head
0: awesome and last question what's one piece of advice that you would give to help people take control of their health and basically in turn helping them uh, get back control of their life deep question very
1: deep (laughs) Uh, what I would say simply start nice take a step Um, With that step, make it sustainable, right? I mentioned earlier, probably don't make the list of 20 things that you want to improve on. Pick one, pick one, incorporate it into your life, make it a habit, get good at it, and then pick another. Um, Just start, make it sustainable, and do something. Something is more than nothing, and then make it consistent. Like I said, what you do more times than not that's who you become Um, and you'd be surprised if you just start and create good habits those habits that's just who you are like it's not a conscious decision throughout the day it's just what you do
0: that's great stuff that is great nick well i appreciate your time um you know if people wanted to get in touch with you or uh, True North, what would where can they go to? Like website, social media, anything like that?
1: Yeah. So our website is uh, truenorthperform.com. Um, you can find me at Nick, N-I-K, at truenorthperform.com. Um, if you're looking to reach any of the coaching staff, it's info at truenorthperform.com. Um, if there's anybody out there who thinks that they could benefit from a just a good group of people who are just looking to get healthy get fit have a good time together have the best hour of their day really um in a no sweat environment i highly encourage you to reach out um we'd love to
0: work with you for sure like i told kelly uh you know you know i'm a big fan of you guys and what you're what you're doing over there so i really appreciate your time and uh yeah just thanks for coming on yeah it's been an awesome time man all right guys and as always thanks for listening to the green bay health project podcast if you would like more information about one of our guests or us at movement performance and rehabilitation just send us an email at info at mvmt-rehab.com that's info at movement-rehab.com